Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It is episode 10. Wow, we hit double digits. Amazing. So, um, basically this episode came out about because I know a lot of people feel right now that it's like their first year of teaching, which is insane to like think about. But essentially it is our first year of teaching for most of us who are doing remote or hybrid for that matter, and so, sorry if my voice sounds a little bit different, I did get braces in Invisalign. Not doing a plug for Invisalign, but did get braces because I need my teeth to be straightened because I would require major surgery if I didn't get, they don't get straightened. But that's a side note. But basically, this episode is about stuff I wish I knew as a student teacher slash first year teacher if like the circumstances were you know quote unquote normal i mean i've been learning a lot with covid and teaching virtually but you know as we go through this new venture of teaching we find like teachers who make connections with other teachers um administrators who are you know taking the reins of the situation and manifesting it into things that are positive and nobody would ever thought could be possible with remote learning. But this episode is about stuff I wish I knew as a general first year teacher slash student teacher, which I'm gonna reflect upon those um, kind of situations. What it was like being a student teacher, what it was like being a first year teacher, and then what changes I would have made if I wouldn't have known what I know now back then, so to speak. So stay tuned. And this is episode 10. Hope you guys enjoy. You are listening to listening to listening to listening to Jin Teachers Lens. So some of the things that I wish I would have known when I was a first year teacher or a student teacher. So I student taught, for those of you that don't know, upstate New York. It's about, I want to say six hours away from here. I went to a SUNY school and basically I learned the kind of like crooks and uh, crannies of just overall teaching and like feel like student teaching isn't it's it's a valuable experience but like it's not as practical as what schools of education make it seem like oh yeah you'll be thrown in with a mentor teacher they'll guide you what happened what, what have you but that wasn't the case for me I started off in this one school setting where this teacher was you know thought that I don't know. She thought that, I guess, like, 
everybody who went to the school had it together and like, you know, knew the ins and outs of the classroom and, you know, could just fly on their own, whatever. That wasn't me in their case. Like I went in there, nervous wreck and just bombed. Wind up redoing the placement and just killing at the other placement, but I had better rapport with that teacher, I feel. But just reflecting upon that first student teacher experience, what I wish I would have known is so many resources out there for like just teaching in general. And I always felt that like you had to, in a sense, reinvent the wheel in order to be an effective teacher, which is I'm snapping, I don't know why, uh, which is not true. That's one of the falsehoods of teaching. You don't have to recreate or be, I mean, you could be, you obviously want to be creative and like have like um, your own kind of ideas within, you know, your lessons and like maybe develop an activity that can be good and, you know, that you can see kids really engaging with and building upon the skills that you want them to learn in the classroom. But that's one of the falsehoods of you know, being in the game for a minute, not to sound pompous or to my own horn, but I think that's one of the major things that I wish I knew when I was a student teacher slash first year teacher. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and just ask your coworkers for help because like a lot of coworkers that I've been interacting with in the past do have, in a sense, um, this kind of overall um, idea or knowledge that you may not have and then they can pass it on to you and they can, you know, you can use that to your own tutelage or add that to your own tool belt. For example, my coworker who I work with now, she's fantastic. And she mentioned this one website called Ruby Star, which if you haven't heard, it is kind of like a website for rubrics. And um, you basically have like your own platform of like, or not platform, but like a basis where you can start off making rubrics. So you can, um, let's say you're doing a narrative essay or like argumentative you can search argumentative and it gives you a basic template of like how that essay should be rubric should be structured and then from there you know you have um basically all the components of like your work and then it gives you the great breakdown you plug it in you can edit it and you can basically tailor it the way you want it to and for the longest time when I was a student teacher, I would sell, create my own rubrics. Yes, sell, create. So I would literally sit on a blank word doc and then category by category, I would type and then, you know, move on to the next one, which would take copious amount of time that would, you know, drive and help deviate from my lesson plans, which was in a sense, I mean, it is problematic looking back on it because like, I feel like those are one of the little things that you should worry about when you are uh, 
teaching, like rubrics should be like the last thing, one of the last things in your mind. Because realistically, like if a rubric is assessing a child and you know, they didn't do so hot, you know, it's often that's a time where you reflect with that child on like where they can grow and develop into better writers or better readers of the text. But that is one tool that I wish I knew while I was a student teacher slash first year teacher. Again, Ruby Star, I'm gonna post it in the um kind of the the post for this episode. So be on the lookout for that. I'll post the link and then you guys are free to use that at your own toolage. Again, Ruby Star is great. Um, another tool that I wish I knew is TBT. And I'm not much so uh, kind of like a, a worksheet teacher. Like sometimes I don't give kids homework because who wants homework over a Friday weekend? And we understand like the kids want to just be kids. But in the sense for like worksheets that you can use in class, um, homework sheets, if I do give out homework, it gives you a sense of, I want to say, of not ideas. I mean, ideas, it gives you ideas, but not in the sense that you're taking this person's idea and then just naming your own because obviously that's plagiarism. But in a sense, TPT gives you tools that teachers used in the past or have developed themselves and like they can be an F effective in your class. So TPT, I mean, you could also obviously pay for the services, but if you look at basically what these the content creators on TPT are creating, you can build off those ideas and then develop it to your own. Because a, a lot of times I feel like, you know, on TPT there is, or there are um, kind of sense cookie cutter uh, worksheets where it fits maybe one modality of a classroom, but it doesn't necessarily fit your classroom because there is a difference between like, you know, maybe the amount of IEP students you have in your classroom, maybe the amount of 504 kids you have in your classroom. But it's in a good way to analyze and like, you know, develop content and material for your classroom. Um, speaking of content and material, one program that I learned from a fellow podcaster, teacher, Again, I call him the guru, um, Real Rapper Reynolds. Um, he mentioned a program that I actually wound up buying. Now, the program is pricey. However, I wish I would have known this while I was a student teacher because it helps edit any PDF document. And like you can cut and paste. You can even type on it. Because I feel like if I have like a worksheet and I scan it and like, you know, I do the edits via hand and like white out. It just looks like a monstrosity. It's called Wondershare PDF Element. Again, that's Wondershare PDF Element, where you can edit directly into this program as long as you upload the PDF. And like you can cut and paste, you can renumber certain situations. For example, I use a lot of stuff from the state test. And like sometimes I want to cut and paste certain stories that I think fit well 
with others. Like if I'm going over informational, if I'm going over fiction, I want those stories to tie in together. Sometimes I do want them to mix up and accordingly, according to the exam. And sometimes I do cut out questions, but obviously with a PDF file, that's very difficult. And this program, it's again, it's pricey, but it does help you kind of um, make it more manageable. If you have a PDF that you've been like dying to like edit and just develop those concrete um, uh ideas onto it without going through the process of like, oh, maybe I have to cut this out. Maybe I should, you know, stick this paper here and cut it and then scan it and then rescan it so it doesn't look like I'm doing a hack job or something like that. But it is a good uh, tool to use, Wondershare PDF element. And again, I'm gonna post all these um, tools for you guys to kind of look at and then debate whether or not you want them or have a need for them in your classroom. Um, another tool that I wish I knew about was, hold on, let me see. It was TBT, Wonder, Wonder PDF Element. And um, certain things on like Google Classroom that I never realized is like grading. Grading is so easy on Google Classroom. Um, they're in a sense of, of um, you can return all grades after you grade them at once. Um, but definitely Google Classroom is like a tool that I wish I could use, especially during my student teaching experience. Um, I wound up using it at my second, uh, I wanna say placement, um, where I had to, you know, post everything. It just makes it so much more easier. You can post videos, you can post different types of content on there. Just make sure that like your videos on YouTube haven't expired because then that could be problematic where you want to see a video and then it's not there anymore. So that's just one tip, but Google Classroom is definitely the way to go. Another, I guess like in terms of like scanning PDFs, um, on your phone, pretty sure everybody has one of these there's um there's an app i'm pulling up right now it's called doc scanner and basically you can take a picture of whatever um thing you need Let, let's say it's an old document that you can't scan on the printer for whatever reason maybe the school printer is kaput and you can't um, adequately scan it and you don't want to drive the stick. So this is a quick, easy way to kind of take a picture of that um, printed out article or, you know, assignment. And then you take it literally off phone, kind of like you're taking a, a selfie or whatever. And then you can edit from your phone, like whether you want it in color, what, whether you want it in black and white. And then you can send it to your email and then use that last resource I talked about and you can edit on um, Wondershare, PD, uh, Wondershare PDF element. So DocScan is a really good tool. I didn't use it during student teaching in my first year. I learned about it when I was in um, my fellowship uh, in Brooklyn and this teacher, his name is Mr. Mac, really funny guy, one of the best teachers I've seen at like 
my in my short lived career and make the class super engaging. But I know I'm going off ta- a tangent. But one day he pulled out his iPhone and then he was just standing there with his tall, lanky self and he was taking pictures. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm scanning it. I was like, what? You're scanning it off your phone? Dude, what? That's like a freaking game changer. And he was like, yeah, there's this app called Doc Scanner. I don't know if they have it on Android, but you can look it up. And like I did it and then it saved my behind like a lot of times. Like my coworker would be like, oh, do you need to scan that? Nope, I got it on my phone. I'll send it to my email, download it, rename it post it on Google Classroom. It's done for the kids. So that's another app. Um, if, if like, let's not talk about tools, but just stuff, basic stuff. I wish I knew I didn't have to grade everything. During student teaching in my first year, I would legit grade everything. And, like, there's so many assignments that, like, I was like, why am I grading this? And I've always felt that that I was grading it because like it would make me a better teacher to have copious amount of grades, which is ludicrous. Um, you don't have to grade every single assignment. Let's say you have, I don't know, for quarter one, you have ten or eleven grades. Is really one assignment gonna break the bank if you don't grade it? No, absolutely not. So you can just chuck certain assignments away. I don't know if anybody has told anybody else that, but like nobody's gonna be like, hey, that teacher definitely chucked some assignments away. So your kid's gonna not get a good grade because your teacher didn't grade everything. That's not true. That's categorically wrong. You're allowed to chuck and you know focus on the grades that you need you know focus on your bread and butter in terms of like do you have the key assignments that you think you would need in a normal school year or what you do on a yearly basis so that's another thing that i wish i knew and another falsehood is that if you finish work early and you don't have anything to do staying late is not gonna make you a better teacher, nor leaving early is gonna make you uh, deem you an ineffective teacher. Like often teachers would be like, oh, how does he or she or they get to leave early while I'm here just, you know, busting my tail, doing all this work and, you know, what are they doing? They have to be a bad teacher. No, maybe they have a certain routine and that routine allows them to thrive and sorry and kind of create what they need to create in that certain time frame that allows them to leave early because you don't know what people's lives are like in terms of like in their classroom because you like you don't know how they're doing you know getting those deliverables done what exactly are they doing to help the needs of students but again if you leave early or my case, if you leave late, that does either or doesn't make you an effective teacher. There, you gotta tell your time. You gotta tell yourself that there's gotta come to a moment where you gotta stop and be like, "Hey, like I'm done for today. Going home, sitting down, watching the game, watching your favorite 
reality TV show. I don't know. Whatever you do. But leaving or staying late, vice versa, doesn't really change how effective you are as a teacher. And lastly, what I want, what I wish I knew as a student teacher, as a and as a first year to teacher, not everybody knows everything. That's one of the key things that like I felt as a student teacher and first year teacher is like content, content. I gotta know the content down packed to T, whatever. Not everybody knows everything. Like everybody's like at an equal um, plateau where, you know, everybody's learning on a daily basis how to manage different things, especially now that's proven now in terms of like, we're in this new kind of sphere of education and like everybody's learning how to manage hybrid learning, how to manage remote learning, whatever. But one of the key things that I want you to get away, and this will be one of my last point, is like there's nowhere near that you will know everything about your content area. I mean, you have to have good a good enough grasp of it to obviously teach it, but don't overburden yourself if you don't know this one literary element or you forgot it, whatever. Um, because like then that's gonna make you feel like an ineffective teacher, which you're not. And then that's gonna really take a toll like how you interact with your students, interact with your fellow colleagues, and just like in your job in general, in your life, and nobody wants that negativity. So again, you don't have to know everything. Um, I think that's it. I'm gonna post this onto IG. I'm gonna publish this episode right now, but I'll add all the resources that I mentioned that are kind of tangible resources that you guys can use. But I really hope you enjoy this episode. See you next time. See ya. Thank you for having listened to the first gen teacher's lens. We'll see you here next time.